Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first edition of our new podcast, Football Fate and How to Change It. My name is Tim. I'm joined by my co-host, Warren. Warren, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing extremely well today. I'm very excited. Hopefully this is going to be something that the people enjoy. And uh, we're getting started today, so uh, I can't wait. I mean, it's exciting. Me. I'm excited. It's been a long time in the long time in the thought process. I would it say has. between the two yeah. of us. But um, let me tell you what we're doing now. The premise of this podcast: I came to Warren with an idea about a month and a half ago. You take some of the biggest sliding doors moments in football. One of them, probably the biggest, I'd say, that we've chosen today is a big opening. And we asked the question essentially: What would have happened if that, you know, that went the other way? The coin flipped the other side. So, uh, Warren, I'm going to let you take the people through what the actual scenario is today. But uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. We've come out early with big, big moments. It's absolutely huge. Uh, it's potentially the biggest, certainly the last decade. It's uh, what would have happened if Steven Gerrard, Liverpool captain, legend, leader, uh, had <laughs> actually kept his feet in that fateful one, uh, fateful 2-0 loss to Chelsea. Should never have um, worn molds. Should never have worn molds. He should never have worn molds, and he'll regret that for the rest of his days now. But we're going to explore what would have happened if he had simply stayed upright, and how the rest of the footballing world would have been changed forever. And the way that we're going to do that uh, is through each of us essentially telling a tall tale. So we go away, we come up with this scenario, we go away, and uh, through a little bit of uh, research, a little bit of chaos theory. We both interpret what the footballing landscape would have been like for the next, I don't know, three, four, five, six seasons. However long that, we choose, really. However long we choose, however long the reverberations last for, really, for an event like this, <laughs> you know, it's 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 long reaching. Um, and we both tell tall tales of exactly what uh, what we think it would have been like, and we're hoping it's going not to necessarily be realistic. I want to add, no, vaguely not. realistic, but there's got you know there's going to be an element of humour. We're going to bring some smiles to people's faces. Is the plan or not? But well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> the people will find out. And uh, the uh, we're going to get straight into it. We just want to let you know that the way that we get started every single time is uh, through process of whoever team scored most recently. Uh, so I myself, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Tim Lover, you are a West Ham fan. And as oh, of indeed. today, on the 22nd of November 2020, um, at 8.37 in the evening, West Ham have just come off the receiving end of a 1-0 win against uh, pretty hopeless Sheffield United. Awful so, Sheffield United, which again is a win for both of us, really, in a it's way. It's a win for both of us, absolutely. And uh, I am done in the West Ham shirt, which again would not have happened if no. uh, we got beat today. But I am, we won, so uh, here I am. And I'm about to I'm about to launch into it. I want to hear it. Let's do it. I've got a lot to say, you've got a lot to say. I'm, I'm excited. Let's go. First tall tale. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tease. I'm going to tease how the landscape would have changed. And then I'll kind of go flying headfirst yeah. into what's a pretty chaotic few years. Mm. So, Warren, let me tell you this. This is how Stephen Gerrard slipping in front of not only God, but approximately 45,000 scousers that can fit into Anfield. Yeah, this is I how it so. resulted in a managerial merry-go-round, mm. a golden era of football on the south coast of England, a haunted quadruple, a bitter feud and the stunning final chapter in the career of Chris Boyd. Okay? You ready? Oh, my word. Yeah, okay. it, it, it's ready. got levels to this. Okay. I'm going to have to keep scrolling down on my Microsoft Word document. I'm, I'm hoping that people can understand that on the YouTube video. Sure. We're on YouTube and Spotify, by the way, and probably some others. We're going to get to that. Anyway, so picture the scene. Yep. April 2014. Stroke of half-time. Mamadou Sacco has got the ball uh, just inside his own half. Mm. We all know what happens at this point. He squares the ball. Steven Gerrard just inside his own half. No real danger. And he slips. But what if he didn't slip? What a lot of people forget about this, and this is what I got from watching the clip, is Gerrard only slips after he's miscontrolled the ball. Right. So we're not saying what if he didn't miscontrol it. We're saying what if he didn't slip. Which, to me, says he's already miscontrolled the ball. The reason that Gerard slips is because he's in panic mode because Bar's onto it and there's no one between him and Mignolet, all right? Yeah, that's true. So the sliding doors co more moment comes in when he slips. But the fact that he doesn't slip means he gets to Bar quicker in my universe. But the ball's still rolled under his foot. Bar's still the favourite. Gerard comes sliding in. Desperation tackle. He tries to prod the ball along to Martin Skirtle, who's the centre-back over the other side. Mm. Don't get there. Clear foul. Clear foul. Is he last man? That's the question. 
Chelsea players are all around the referee. Mourinho's up in the fourth official's ear. Lampard's losing his head as he does, all these kinds of things. So there's a lot of levels to this, all right? Firstly, what you've got to take into account is uh, is a red card. It is a red card. There's no one between him and Mignolet. Albeit he's on the halfway line, but Sacco and Skirtle were both on the turn. There's no way they're getting there. Bar's got no one between him and the goal. It's a red card. Mm. Martin Atkinson's the referee, and he's got warring oh, factions Jesus. in his head. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> he refed the West Ham game today, so that's, that's an apt response. Again, there's two warring factions. Number one, by the letter of the law, he's a referee. It's a red card. Mm. And also... You know, this is a huge moment in Premier League history. All referees have that little thing going on in their head. What if I, mm. what if I send him off here? What if, I'm going to be on the papers tomorrow if I send mm. Gerrard off here. But it's in front of 45,000 Scousers at Anfield, the closest they've ever come to winning this league. What does he do? It's, it's a real sliding doors moment. And in another universe, the sliding doors moment is what if Gerrard didn't get sent off? Because, yeah. yes, Atkinson... Gets a red card out. Gerard's off. Ooh. He's gone. Sent off straight away. Okay. Because Atkinson, he wants the headlines. He always has. He always will. Mm. But what that obviously means is Liverpool down to 10, but Bar doesn't score. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know uh, that game in whenever it was when Gerard comes on, gets sent off after 38 seconds against Man United oh, at yeah. Anfield? Referee that day was Martin Atkinson. Just going to oh, put geez. that in there for you. It was fated. It was yeah, fated. It certainly was. Anyway, so some early fate out the window. But Liverpool actually come out in the second half. Galvanised, really. They're playing better because Gerrard's not trying to shoot from 40 yards every time yeah. he gets the ball to make up for it. If anyone watched that game, every time Gerrard got the ball after that, he was just trying to shoot. Mm. And naturally, as Liverpool fans do, they assume that the greatest injustice in the history of Premier League football has just befallen upon them. So they're, you know, they, they've all kind of grouped together after this. Yeah. And they're playing really well. And it's about nine minutes into the second half. Sterling's got the ball on the wing. He beats Ivanovic. He swings the ball in. Thomas Callas, playing centre-half for Chelsea that day, Ooh. swings at a clearance, doesn't hit it properly. It falls to Coutinho on the edge. He whistles it into Mark Schwartz's bottom left-hand corner. Mark Schwartz was the Chelsea keeper that day. 1-0 Liverpool. 1-0 Liverpool with about Ooh. 35 minutes to go, so something to hold on to. Okay. So from this point on, Chelsea start throwing all their attackers on. Mourinho, he doesn't want to throw this away to Brendan Rodgers. Obviously, his former protege as well coached mm. under him at Chelsea. He, The last thing he wants is to hand him a title. And Chelsea have got a man advantage. So it's really back to the wall for Liverpool going into the kind of end of this game. Torres is on. Williams on. They're all on. Free kick late in the game. Chelsea falls a late free kick. Lampard swings it in. Denver bars the man, gets his head to it. And it looks like it's heading in. For all the world, it looks like it's heading in. Until Mignolet pulls out an outrageous Oof. save. Tips it onto the post. But there's one man Johnny on the spot taps it in one all ninety fourth minute. Who was that man? I hear you ask Warren Froger. Uh I don't know, but I, I'm hoping he tell me. It's Mohamed Salah. Uh, Mohamed Salah started for Chelsea that day, he did, and here indeed. he is denying Liverpool a league title. Maybe, maybe, maybe. but ninety fourth minute Salah goes and gets an equaliser because obviously he never come off. He started that day, come off for William, yeah. but they don't need to. They're throwing attackers on the pitch at this point now. It's true. But the game finishes 1-0. Salah gets the equaliser. So two games left. Palace away, Newcastle at home for Liverpool. But the point against Chelsea wasn't a disaster because they were four points clear of City, who did have a game in hand, but the fate was still in Liverpool's hands, given they won yeah. that, uh, given they got something out of that game. But the narrative around the Palace game is, well, Henderson, who got sent off at the end of the Man City game, and now Gerrard is out for a game as well. Mm. How do they manage that? Well, let me tell you, Warren. They still had Sterling, they still had Suarez, they still had Coutinho, they still had they still had an unbelievable team. Yeah, and they've the, the, the fate's still in their hands. They can do what they need to. So I'm gonna pretty much skip to the end of this season at that point. They beat yeah. Palace 2-0. There's no Chris Ball. that never happens. <laughs> no problem. They've got a good team. They do not let it slip. So that the, the, there's a lot of memes that the world missed out on at this point as well. Yeah. Um and they come home to Liverpool, Anfield's a frenzy. And uh, they win 4-1. Gerrard scores two penalties. It's almost as if the referees kind of wanted to get back in Steven Gerrard's good books. Yeah. Henderson gets one. And that's it. Liverpool won their first Premier League title. It's pandemonium at Anfield. Happy but days. You say happy days. You, that's what you say. But I you know it's happy that. days. Because let me tell you, 
there's a, there's an interview after the game, and uh, Stephen Gerrard's very emotional. He's getting interviewed mm. by Ed Chamberlain, and uh, he's very emotional and he's very non-committal about next season. He's like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy now. Oh. Obviously, you know, not in a Cockney accent. I'm not going to try and butcher the Scouts accent. <laughs> no, but, no, that would be enough. No, nah, mate, no, nah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it actually comes out. He's actually born in Wolverhampton. Uh, oh. No. So he's very emotional, but he's kind of non-committal about coming back for next season. And the oh, days okay. go by and there's just an interesting air around Danfield. They've won the title, mm. but Gerard, yeah, he's not confirmed to be coming back. He, at real life, he left one year later. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a bit eerie. And about a week, week and a half after the season finishes, it comes out. Gerard will be leaving Liverpool on a free at the end of that season. It's emotional, but he cites in a statement and in interviews that winning the Premier League in his last season was a perfect send-off yeah. for him in his eyes. But there's still a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth because mm. there's no chance at a goodbye. There's no testimonial. There's no nothing. He's just gone like that, which albeit is better than, you know, getting smacked by Palace and Stoke as he actually yeah. had. But, you know, he, he goes. That's it. And it just feels a bit weird. And ironically, he goes to Celtic on a free transfer, which to me makes a lot more sense because the whole you'll never walk alone thing is shared by them two clubs, not Rangers. And Anyway, yeah. kind of confusing me. But he goes to Celtic on a free, a bit like Roy Keane did. Yeah. But anyway, because of that, Liverpool's summer activity is very different. Uh, they're Premier League champions. They don't have Gerrard. But they're Premier League champions. They can kind of go and sign players that don't play for Southampton at this point. It convinces Luis Suarez to stay for another year. Yeah. You know, it's Champions League football, playing for the Premier League champions. So there goes the need for Mario Balotelli straight off the bat. Mm. And uh, they don't sign Alana. They don't sign Lovren because they don't really need to. They've got a Premier League winning team. They feel a lot better about themselves. They still sign Ricky Lambert because I feel like that was always going to yeah. happen. Scores That's one cool. goal in the League Cup before moving to West Brom. But anyway. The marquee signing, they needed the central midfielder. So who'd they go and get? They got Tony Cruz. Ooh. Tony Cruz, let me tell you. I didn't actually know this until I started looking at this. He'd actually agreed terms with David Moyes at Man United that year. But then yeah. Moyes was sacked. Van Gaal come in and he essentially said, no, I don't want him. And then he joined Real Madrid. I never knew yeah. that. But uh, Brendan Rodgers being, you know, a bit of a dick, uh, he saw an opportunity. He was like, ah, this is my chance to swoop. We're Premier League champions. I can do what I want now. Yeah. He sees that United have now turned him down. He comes in. Cruz has just helped Germany win a World Cup as well that yeah. summer. He comes in. He swoops in from under Van Gaal's nose for £23 million, which, let me tell you, that's £2 million cheaper than what they bought Adam Lallana for. But we're going to skirt past that. <laughs> uh, they also bring in Stefan de Rij, who had a good okay. World Cup at the back for Holland. And essentially what that helps, I think he moved to Lazio that summer in real life mm. after a good World Cup. What that essentially does in Liverpool fans' eyes is like another punch in the face to Van Gaal. That's a player they've taken under his nose and that's going to continually be held against Van Gaal going forward now. And they've taken their best centre-half from the World Cup where he managed the Dutch team. Mm. So they already feel like they've got one over the new United manager as well. It's a good sign to be a Liverpool fan. But I'm going to skip to the end of the next season. I'm not going to go into detail about the next season. I'm going to take this in a very macro view. Liverpool are much more of a force the next season. The defence is not sure, but it's shored up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cruz takes the leg like a duck to water. He's fantastic. They've still got Coutinho. They've still got Suarez. They've still got Sterling. Sturridge never fell out of form. It's a really good side going forward. Even if they're a bit suspect at the, at the back, this is a great team going forward. And through the sheer power of that attack, they end up finishing second, albeit you know a good few points off Mourinho and Chelsea who win the league that year, as they did in real life as well. Indeed. Um, they also don't embarrass themselves in the Champions League. I think they got knocked out in an awful group uh, in mm. real life. But they uh, they were in the same group as Real Madrid. They beat them 2-1 in a famous night in Anfield. Um, Tony Cruz and Luis Suarez with the goal. So, so you know, in another universe, mm. he goes inside Real Madrid. In this one, he goes and scores against them. Uh, yeah. They breeze past Porto in the last 16, and then they eventually lose out to Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals, mm. who become a bit of a bogey team for Liverpool as time goes forward. Maybe kind of taking over that reign from Arsenal when there was that whole spell. But anyway, mm. we'll break down the rest of the top seven. There's the top two for you. In uh, third is Manchester City, who've okay. uh, fallen down to third from Liverpool, jumping up, obviously. Arsenal coming fourth. Again, they're just knocked down a spot because Liverpool came up from sixth. Yeah, And that just continues the Arsenal stereotype. Of course, they've finished fourth. Yeah. Uh, Southampton finishing fifth. Mm. Now, let me tell you about Southampton. In real life, they came 7th that year under Ronald Koeman. 
But I've decided that, you know, without losing Lalana, without losing Lovren. Yeah, true. When Poch is offered the Tottenham job in the summer before, he kind of sees that as a sideways step now. And he's like, well, mm. why would I go to Tottenham? I've got a good team building here at Southampton. And they've still got like Schneider in his prime, Wanyama in his prime, Ryan Bertram was playing really well. Mane was coming through, Ward Prowse was coming through, Alderweireld, Pella, Tadic. They had a good team back then. Mm. And now they've still got Lalana and Lovren as well. So Southampton come fifth. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. And they've got Van Dijk coming the next summer as well. It's a bit exciting. Yeah. Sixth place is United. Nightmare year under Van Gaal. Their drops all the way down. They've had an awful yeah. year. And seventh is Tottenham, which, funny enough, is where Koeman ended up because po- uh, I wasn't oh. Pochettino didn't go there. But, it, you know, Tottenham never really had the highest. So, for them, that's kind of a respectable finish. No. Yeah. But what that leads to is a managerial merry-go-round. Chaos. Chaos in the season of 2015-16, or the lead-up to it, which obviously is the year that Leicester won the league. Yeah. Not here. No. Uh, Suarez eventually gets his move to Barcelona, by the way. Uh, so he's gone now. Okay. Just a year later than planned. But Sterling doesn't see any reason to go to Man City now. Why? Liverpool have no. come above him two years in a row. He's going backwards if he goes there. So he stays. He becomes a bit of a, you know, a Liverpool legend, I guess. Uh, Coutinho's still there. Sturridge never lost his form. Uh, but the real story, like I say, is the managerial merry-go-round. City didn't win the league two years ago. So now all Pellegr- Manuel Pellegrini's got to show for it is uh, one League Cup in two years. And what does yeah. that get you at Manchester City? That, get, that's, that gets you a P45. He's gone. He's out the window. Wenger feels himself losing his grip on uh, fourth place and Southampton look like they're on the right way up. Arsenal have just won the last two FA Cups. So Wenger sees his opportunity. So that's his legacy cemented. Yeah. He's, he's out the door now. He's never come outside the top four. His, his legacy looks a lot mm. better. Last two seasons, he won the FA Cup. So he's gone. Gives in to the Wenger out calls. Pochettino does finally get headhunted just a year later than planned. So he's gone. And Louis van Gaal was a disaster. Uh, so he's gone as well. Mm. So that's four of the top six now that need new managers. Which is, you know, a bit interesting. I don't, I don't remember many years where there would have been that. No. Let me tell you where they all go. Pochettino's headhunted. Where's he headhunted? Arsenal. So he ends up in North London still, just on the mm. other side of it. Because uh, Arsenal decide, what's the best way to stop this upstart Southampton team? It's by going and getting their manager. So that's what they yeah. go and do. Southampton go and take David Moyes, who just come off the back of actually quite a good year at Real Sociedad, uh, but decided he wanted to come back rather than yeah. ruin his reputation like he did by staying a little bit longer and then getting sacked. Uh, you know, he had a bit of a dodgy spell at United, but Everton, he made a decent little name for himself. So yeah. Southampton think he can maybe go and replicate that. Manchester City go out and get the biggest fish in the kind of unemployed manager pool. Recently sat from Real Madrid that summer, Carlo Ancelotti. Mm. He comes in at Manchester City. And, that, well, Manchester United. What are Manchester United going to do? They signed another man that was uh, just recently out of a job. Uh, this man in Germany. Uh, a man going by the name of Jürgen Norbert Klopp. Indeed. Yeah, he goes to Man United. Uh, I feel like some people could potentially see that coming. Uh, yeah. But what does this all mean? So there's no kind of rebuilding year in the Premier League. There's, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm. Leicester have a romantic run to the title in real life. Never happens. It's business. Don't happen this time. But they do finish sixth. It's still like a very dangerous team. You can't like, take that away from them. But it still, you know, still seems really good. They just don't win the league. They come in the top six. Mm. Above Tottenham, who once again in a three uh, in a two-horse race, sorry, for sixth place, come eighth um, under <laughs> Ronald Koeman. Uh, so where does that leave everyone else? Chelsea. Their explosion was always going to happen in 2015-16. Yeah. That was primed to happen. They just fall a little bit less than they potentially were going to, sandwiched between Leicester and Tottenham. So Chelsea finishing seventh. So now you've got a top five that leaves of Liverpool, Man United, Southampton, Man City and Arsenal. Mm. Rogers, the, the first little kind of point and note in this timeline, he makes it past October 2015 when he was initially sacked. Mm. And that robs the world of the Henri and Carragher clip with yeah, the, that's a real putting shame. the hand on the knee, which I'll be honest, I think we live in a much better universe simply because that <laughs> happened. Um, but it ends up being Liverpool and Southampton that are scrapping for fourth place. Mm. Before we get to that, though, we're going to clear up what happens above that. Mauricio Pochettino, as he did with Tottenham in real life that year, finishes third. But with Arsenal, still a North London team, 2015-16, kind of a drift of the top two. Which means the top two is the two Manchester clubs battling out for the title again. Um, but it's serial winner Ancelotti that goes and wins that. Just, you know, a bit of colour for the report. It don't really have any bearing on the Liverpool side of things, which is obviously where this story focuses. 
Uh, but what that does mean is a bit of a knock-on effect is that Guardiola, Guardiola never joins Man City in 2016. Hmm. I'll leave it up to the reader to decide where he ends up. But he obviously Ancelotti's just won a league. He's not getting sacked. Liverpool, their season. This is where the story focuses. Hmm. This is how everything comes to pass in Liverpool's 2015-16 season and how it came to a really haunting ending for that club. The League Cup still sees a defeat, still comes on penalties, but it comes to the other Manchester club this time. It comes to United. And Jurgen Klopp, finally getting over his cup final hoodoo, by the way, never could never win the big game. He does it against Liverpool on penalties at his first opportunity as well. That's the first trophy he could win. And he does it. Yeah. His first trophy for United, League Cup, against Liverpool at Man United. So that's one That's one competition they haven't won. The FA Cup, again, fated. Fourth round exit away mm. at West Ham in a replay. But who scored the winner? Mohamed Salah. He's back again. <laughs> what's, what's, Mo, what's Mo Salah doing? Alton Park, I hear you ask. Well, God is the summer before, we sold Liverpool legend Stuart Downing. Okay. <laughs> he was gone he went back to the borough was it the borough I think it was the borough that he went uh, I yeah. think it was borough I think he might have had a stint at Blackburn but yes no I think that come after hmm. I don't I, care I, li- listen Stuart Downing <laughs> at this point became irrelevant and that never really changes um, so that summer Super Slav and Bilic was interested in Chelsea scraps um, yeah. and he needed a winger from Chelsea and it was Victor Moses in real life that we got. But oh. Mo, Salah scored, Mo Salah scored this goal at Anfield. That sparked a bit of form. Mm. And they were like, maybe we won't loan him out to Italy. I think it's Fiorentina he went for six yeah, months. Yeah, it was. Um, we, maybe we won't loan him out to Italy for six months. We'll see what he does. He did nothing. Because at Chelsea, he was never going to work. It was never going to happen. Mm. But that does mean that now he's available when he went to Roma. He hasn't lit it up in Italy at all. So West Ham are looking at Chelsea's wings and like, what about Potman this bloke? What about Mo mm. Salah? Mm. Tell, tell me that couldn't have happened. He scores in a replay at Upton Park and Liverpool dumped out the cup. So that's two cups they're out of now. One to Klopp, yeah. one to Salah. I think you know where Bloody this hell. is going, Warren. I think you know where this is going. <laughs> Champions League, another disappointment. They come runners yeah. up in their group to Juventus. And I've, I've done all the workings out of where people would have finished in the league and what group that would have landed them in. They come runners up in their group to Juventus, who were second in City's group in real life. That draws Liverpool up against Bayern Munich in the last 16, who, again, oh, I said, it become a hoodoo. Team. Become yeah. a hoodoo for them. Bayern Munich sweep them. 3 0 in the first leg. One all draw at Anfield. No bother. But there's mm. a goal scored in each game by the recent signing. But Bayern Munich swoop up all the best players in the Bundesliga. Anyone yeah. causing them any kind of danger, they sweep them up. Liverpool never needed to go and get Firmino because they still no. had Sturridge in good form. They still had Suarez. Sterling stayed. What's the need for Firmino? So he mm. gets swooped up by Bayern Munich, hoovered up. He scores in both legs. Firmino knocks him out of the Champions League. So that's three competitions they're out of. Uh, and where does that leave them in the Premier League, Warren? Where, where does that leave them in the Premier League? <laughs> they miss out on fourth place and Champions League football. And that goes to Southampton. Southampton yeah. upstart team. Lovely story. Golden era. Champions League football at St. Mary's Stadium. Unbelievable. Oh, it's them that break the top four dominance rather than Leicester City. And they're the romantic story of the year. The final gap between the team, though, is two points. Mm. And guess what? This is where there's some fate. This is where some fate has come into play, Warren Frogger. Okay. I love fate. At the end of March... So Southampton were actually kind of well in front of Liverpool as well until Mm. they had a bit of a decent Europa League run from the year before. And it started to get clawed back. But in March, in real life, so this is where it's fated, Southampton play Liverpool at St Mary's and they beat them 3-2. But Liverpool were 2-0 up in that game with half an hour to go. If they hold on there, that's three points and they get Champions League over Southampton. But they don't. Even a point would have been enough on goal difference mm. or at least they would have been kind of close enough. Liverpool threw that game away. Three goals in the last half hour from Southampton. And uh, who got two of them goals, Warren? Who's got a brace? One of them being an 86-minute winner. I think you're going to tell me who it is. It's Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane <laughs> is the man that scored that. So... Listen, maybe it was uh, Denver Bar that scored the, you know, horrendous goal that was such heartbreaking stuff for Liverpool fans in real life. Yeah. It's a different Senegalese striker this time. <laughs> it's all about the Senegalese strikers breaking hearts. But that's how the Liverpool 2015-16 season ended. Yeah. A two-year yeah. arc in which it was ended on four fronts by Jurgen Klopp at Man United, Mo Salah at West Ham, Firmino at Bayern Munich and Sadio Mane at Southampton. 
Wow. That's the end of Liverpool's arc. But is that the end of the tall tale? <laughs> no. No, it's not. Because Brendan Rodgers gets sacked after this. Mm. Um, but after a brief, unsuccessful stint at Valencia, which I can just imagine Brendan Rodgers doing, <laughs> fancying himself on the continent, uh, lasted just over a year. There's a vacant job in the summer of 2018 at Ibrox. Uh, Brendan Rodgers takes it. And this sparks a few articles. Rodgers against Gerrard in the old firm. It's all a bit light-hearted. But obviously this yeah. time it's the other way around. Mm. Rodgers is at Rangers. Gerrard's at Celtic. Um, who's now moved on to player manager. He's uh, yeah. he's kind of graduated to that level. And again, it's light-hearted at first. But there's a couple of interesting sound bites that come out of Celtic Park. Where you're thinking, is, is this, you know... What's going on here? Yeah, is there a bit of a feud here? Is Gerard Gerard a bit unhappy? There's an exclusive interview with now Sky Sports pundit Jamie Carragher. And Gerard reveals that Brendan Rodgers pushed him out the door that summer of 2014. (sighs) It was a power struggle in which both men wanted to take the credit for the title wings. They're both men that really value themselves and their legacy. Gerard cared about his legacy so much, and I won't hear a word against it. Whereas Brendan has got a massive ego. And yeah. he was jealous of all this attention that Steven Gerrard was getting for the title when everyone's saying Gerrard drove him to the title. It was Gerrard's time. Yeah, yeah. But he sat there thinking, oh, hold on a minute. We were nowhere near this title. He got sent off with three games left. <laughs> Why is he coming into all this? Yeah, sure, he was the captain. But without Brendan, you'd never win this title. Gerrard comes out in this interview. He says that without Brendan, we could have easily won that title. The team was good oh. enough. And that bugs Brendan. Brendan knew that Gerrard thought that. And that's why he took the Rangers job. It was his chance to end Celtic's then seven-year dominance of Scottish yeah. football. His chance to come back and change that. If he wins this title for Rangers now, surely that proves him right. If if Gerrard just walks it again, mm. you know, then maybe that proves him right. So there's a lot on the line here. We fast forward now. Uh, we've skipped the Celtic Park leg. It was the most anticipated old firm in a long time yeah. because both teams had started the season well and it was a drab nil-nil. If a game's hyped up oh, enough, it yeah. would always end up being a shit nil-nil. Yeah. Um, but it comes to April 2019. Another old firm. Five games from the end of the season. Rangers are at home to Celtic. Ooh. Win this and the fate's in Rangers' hands to stop yeah. Celtic from you know having their fate, having their eighth title, not their faith title, their eighth title. And guess what? Rangers win it. Rangers win 3-2. Brendan Rodgers celebrates a Ryan Kent winner by screaming down the touchline. Big old touchline scuffle. Gerard don't like it. That's his legacy gone. He's panicking. <laughs> Rangers have a two-point lead. Rangers have the advantage, crucially. Yeah. Going into two games later, Rangers are on the verge of securing a historic title, breaking, breaking Celtic's run. But they host uh, their last real test of the season. Third place, mm. Kilmarnock. Mm. win this and you've got to assume it's wrapped up I don't know if you see where this is going but ladies and gentlemen it was fated today at Ibrox uh, the, the role of Steven Gerrard will be played by Scott Arfield the role of Denver Barr will be played by Chris Boyd the role of Brendan Rogers will still be played by Brendan Rogers, and the role of Jose Mourinho will be played by his former number two Steve Clark a errant pass from John Flanagan Scott Arfield miscontrols it and he slips over. And Chris Boyd, uh, old now, he's running out of legs, but he's running, bearing down on his Ibrox goal. 104 times he scored for Rangers and he's bearing down in front of him one last time to score one last goal at Ibrox. And he slips it past Alan McGregor and Killia 1 0 up. They end up getting another one right at the end of the game 2 0 all over. Capitulation away at Hibernian later on, what, one game later? <laughs> And Rangers have made the balls of it. They hand the title back to Celtic for an eighth successive, eighth successive year. Steven Gerrard, has he got the last laugh? Or has Rogers, as the underdog, maybe proven himself a little bit? Mm. Do Liverpool recover as well? They were going back there. Do Liverpool recover after 2016 on any fronts? I'm going to let the fans decide. And here endeth my tall tale. Wow. What a, There's a lot uh, to unpack. There's a lot to unpack what, there. <laughs> I'm slightly I need a drink. I mean, it's a tough one for uh, Liverpool fans to swallow, I think, with some old, yeah. some current heroes. Um, I mean, obviously, in that universe, they probably just end up not liking them, as Liverpool fans do. They just no, have that's a strong it, dislike but... to them for being yeah. good against them. But that's how it goes. You know, who's to say there's not some other sliding doors moment where Denver Barr in real life would go on to be a Liverpool legend? But in this universe, the, the real one that we're all in, he uh, is has his hand in the most controversial 
moment goals conceded that they've ever suffered. So yeah, that's it's, pretty mad. There's some big real, there's of, some real levels to it. Big fan of uh, of the. I didn't. I, you mentioned that there'd be a managerial feud and a managerial merry-go-round. So I assumed it would be uh, some uh, some something that we've already seen potentially a Mourinho Guardiola <laughs> repackaged something like that. Absolutely. But to make it Gerard. Rogers that have been bubbling since Rogers' arrival, at, uh, and you're absolutely spot on. Both of those Four men years. are quite self-centered. And, yeah, uh, I can't. I can't imagine for a second that if Liverpool won that title, Rogers would have taken it well. All the heat, that, all the praise <laughs> that Gerrard was getting, and all going to Sterling, and all going to. I can't imagine yeah. Rogers would have liked that at all. And I, and Gerrard would have wanted to take all of it, which is shown by the fact that every time he got the ball in that Chelsea game, yeah. he was shooting from like fifty yards. He cared so much about that legacy. I, it would have happened, mate. I say, and he's giving team talks after the final whistle. At, at, uh, I think was it Norwich or they were about to go to Norwich, something like that. But yeah, yeah, he, no, it was after the, the City game when it? it was like after we go to Norwich, game, yeah. we go again. We do not let this slip now. <laughs> which uh, Chris <laughs> Arfield did, words. not Chris Arfield, Scott Arfield, Scotty. Well, Chris Arfield's that's a, it's a real epic tall tale, <laughs> an epic one to start us off. Uh, I can only hope that mine lives up to the. Uh, oh, mate. Lives up to the the candle that you've lit, really. And it's one hell of a candle. It's burning. And I like to think of that as now like an Olympic torch, which is just going to kind of be going until mm. we get bored of this, which I'm hoping won't happen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the floor over to you now, mate. I'm gonna pass over said torch. Hit me. What have you got? What happens if Steven Gerrard doesn't slip over? Well, you've done a beautiful job of setting the scene. Everyone knows what did happen. So I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen in my tall tale. First of all. In a lot of ways, this is a story of front threes, front threes that were, front threes that might have been. <laughs> it's a, a tale of ghosts from your past. It's a tale of unlikely heroes. Uh, it's a I tale of tells. it's a tale of shifting powers in Spain <laughs> and the greatest <laughs> Premier League season of all time. Uh, it's a tale of how history will always repeat itself. And uh, it's a tale of John O'Shea getting a black eye as well. So let's get started. Brilliant. Amazing. As we, uh, as we all well know, at the start of the 2013-14, start of the 2013-14 season, uh, uh, April, the end of the 2013-14 season, Gerard uh, picks up the ball between the two centre-halves, off of Mamadou Sacco, approaching half-time. In my, you're absolutely spot on, by the way, the, the sliding doors moment is all to do with whether uh, whether or not he slips, not whether or not he, he controls the ball, it's whether or not he actually slips over once he's taken a touch. But in this universe, for me, he he miscontrols the ball, slips. But you know, to be fair to him, he does some sort of you know he's on the ground, but he swings his leg round, sort of takes the ball and Emberbar with him, fires it upfield, best he can do in that moment. It's not no foul. problem. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the half ends nil nil. Second half, game carries on. Chelsea are looking to nullify Liverpool's attacking threat. Chelsea not really offering that much themselves, but Liverpool are probing. Then, out of nowhere, breakthrough. On the hour mark, a ball is played into the feet of a man who you've already pinpointed as a a little potential firecracker in this tall tale. Mo Salah is 30 yards out. first First time with his instep, it's an absolute peach. It flies past Minnie's goal. It, it seems, you know, Salah's just announced himself to Chelsea, to the Premier League in general. Willian's on the touchline. Kit off. <laughs> stood next to Mourinho, waiting. Mourinho <laughs> sends Willian to sit back down and say, I'll, I'll see another see another 10 minutes to this guy. <laughs> Liverpool have got mountains climb now. They don't, you know, they don't care who scores. They just care they've conceded. It's kickoff. Liverpool are ferociously trying to get back into the game. They can feel it slipping away. Three minutes later, the ball breaks for Salah again. He slots it home after a little bit of a defensive mix-up, which was always on the cards at Liverpool at that time, and it's 2-0. Salah's buzzing. I like to think that he's doing his little prayer celebration, which was always my favourite of his. Oh, yeah. Liverpool are absolutely rocked. And uh, it's 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 brilliant. Jose's punching the air, really, for him. And this is Jose Mourinho's Chelsea team we're talking about. You know, 2-0, game's done and dusted. That's, that's that. Bus has been parked. Good night, Vienna. As fated on the day, Chelsea go on and win 2-0. And as we both know, this would have blown the towel. Well, it did blow the towel race wide, wide open. Just because Jared didn't slip does not mean that Chelsea don't go on and win that game. They certainly like do. That. I like that. 
City win their game in hand against Palace 2 0. And they go top of the Premier League on goal difference going in the last, into the second to last day. Uh, second last day of the season, Liverpool have to go to Palace. City have got Villa at home. Without, to be fair, without the trauma of the Gerrard slip, uh, Liverpool do get the job done against Palace. It's not vintage, but it's uh, it's actually an injury time Steven Gerrard penalty after mm. Luis Suarez went down and uh, went down in the box under minimal contact. Penalty. I'm going to assume it's dubious, uh, <laughs> and that is to say soft. City <laughs> City go on to chance Villa four nil, um, but that means that the points are equal going into the final day between Liverpool and City. But with goal difference in City's favour, Liverpool need a miracle. City go to West Ham. Liverpool have got Newcastle at home to kick off. The Charles and City's hands, you know, at this point. Liverpool need yeah. them to drop points. They need a better their result to get anywhere close to the first title in 23 years. There's an early goal in the Liverpool game. Okay. Luis Suarez fires home, fifth minute. Liverpool in front. Red's nerves settled. But eh, not much happens, really. It's a little bit, it's all a bit cagey. You know, it's all a little bit... No one wants to make the mistake. Half-time's looming. Brink of half-time. And there's breakthrough of the Etihad, but not for City. Sure, I'm going to take Hamilton. you... I'm going to take you back to a time that I like to call January 31st, 2011, when Liverpool signed two players with the Fernando Torres money. <laughs> one of which worked out very well in red, being Luis Suarez. The other one, until now, not so much. But Brilliant. the £35 million transfer record deal was beginning to look like it was worth every penny when news broke at Anfield that on the brink of half-time, Andy Carroll had put West Ham 1-0 up. I don't know who got the assist. I'll let you decide in uh, 2014. It was um, Antonio Nocherino in another world was perfectly good in his six-month <laughs> blind spell. Well, it's a towering Andy Carroll header. And uh, news breaks at Anfield, and you, uh, you've never seen a half time like it at Anfield. Nobody's going inside for pies and beer. Everyone's on the terraces singing. You know, they want to, uh, they want to let everyone know that they're an half a football away from the Premier League title in the most unlikely of circumstances. Uh, story goes that Rogers actually sent out the Liverpool team five minutes early just to soak up the atmosphere uh, for a boost going in the second uh, half. But it is a big second half. You know, there's 45 minutes of football left to play it. But to cut a long story short, Tim, Liverpool get it over the line. Both games finished 1-0, and by the full-time whistle, the picture had been painted. Liverpool had won their first league title for 23 years. The 23 years of hurt is over. It's an absolute emotional titwank from everyone, everywhere. <laughs> Gerard's crying. Carragher's screaming. Jeremy Redknapp's talking about something. <laughs> Kenny Dalglish is cap- uh, clapping. And to be fair, it is a lot like the uh, celebrations from 2020, except... Uh, there were people in the stadium, and Andy Carroll. People was, could enjoy it. Andy Carroll was training. No masks well. to be seen. No masks, and to be fair, people were at the stadium in 2020, just not in it. But um, who can blame them? You know, Gerrard's lifted the trophy. Uh, Rogers delivers a very dour victory speech. By the looks of things in this universe, everything's all fine between them. So you know, good luck to the two of them. Uh, but 23 years of hurt is over, thanks to an Andy Carroll winner at West Ham. This obviously changes quite a lot. First of all, as uh, you picked up on as well, two titleless seasons for Man City is too much for the Saudis in charge to accept, and they get rid of Manuel Pellegrini. Who was it that they appointed in your... Who did they get in? Uh, they oh, got Ancelotti in mine, yeah. They went for a different flavour in uh, in my tall tale. Uh, a point in last season's losing Champions League finalist in Diego Simeone. It's El Cholo. Ooh. Made his way Ooh, okay. to Blue Arthur Manchester. Um, Rogers still has quite a, a shocking transfer window for for incomings. Signing some pretty fraudulent players, but, uh, you know, Liverpool's title win. Uh, Luis Suarez isn't absolutely desperate to leave the club. And then when Barcelona come calling, Liverpool slap on an extra 20 million. Barcelona turn it down. Luis Suarez stays. Funnily enough, this would have been the uh, Messi-Suarez Neymar season uh, when they scored 122 goals in probably the best front three of all time. But sadly, Gerard keeping his feet robbed us all of that. (laughs) Interestingly enough, um, instead of signing Luis Suarez, Barcelona opt for a bloke who had scored 16 goals that season for Hoffenheim. It's the MFN partnership 
or trio at Barcelona when Roberto okay. Firmino turns up in the in the blue and red. And let me tell you, uh, that's just as frightening a, a prospect for me if you can get Firmino in a false nine between Messi and Neymar. Yeah, um, absolutely. But that's Spain. Uh, for right now, Suarez is uh, is staying in the Prem, and he's picking up where he left off last season. Um, if you're wondering, the only player that Liverpool didn't sign uh, in that window was uh, Balotelli, who who doesn't need to go to Liverpool, and they don't have the money to spend on him anyway. Which is a relief for everyone involved in that transfer, to be fair. Yeah, uh, well, uh, it is apart from Sunderland, which is where he does end up going, uh, where he has a fist fight. He has a fist fight on the pitch with John O'Shea in a five nil home defeat to uh, to Arsenal, which is where Brilliant. John O'Shea got his black eye from. Um, <laughs> but all that, all that is. Uh, all that is uh, pretty inconsequential for the league because this is Chelsea's season, you know. Um, in real life, they've run away with the league. Uh, they do better this year because they've probably got the second best front three in the league of uh, Diego Costa, Eden Hazard, and one Mohamed Salah, who, you know, you said in yours that they gave him a, a sort of extra year or an extra, you know, half season. He's absolutely exploded at Chelsea under Mourinho in this tall tale. You know, he's 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 uh, banging goals in on the right wing as he always did uh, for every club since he left Chelsea. The only other front three really that could uh, rival them were Liverpool. SSS was still intact, still performing well, uh, and they were running Chelsea close in this season. City were a bit off the pace. I know they finished second in real life, but Diego Simeone, you know, to turn the City team at that time into a Simeone team. You know, with Eloquim Mangala at the back. Did you, yeah. side note, do you remember how much they signed Eloquim Mangala? I saw that. It was like... 42 was, mil. Yeah, it was. I was going to say it was around 40, wasn't it? It's absolutely lo- silly money. It's stupid. Anyway, Chelsea and Liverpool are neck and neck for the league up until the 10th of May, where Chelsea oh, hosts okay. Liverpool at home. So there's a little bit of history repeating itself here. Chelsea have got oh, Liverpool. Okay. Liverpool were ahead on points, but behind on goal difference because they couldn't defend. So they needed to not lose against Chelsea so they wouldn't relinquish their grip on the league title. In the game, Chelsea go 1-0 up after a John Terry header in the early stages, which actually makes him the highest scoring Premier League defender of all time. A little bit of history from that game in real life. In real life, Gerard gets the equaliser in half-time. But this is like, we're talking prime Mourinho right now. It's not happening. Chelsea That's without one of the victors. Crucial game in the title race. Chelsea won. Did you say 4-1 there? No, 1-0. I, I, I heard 4-1. Continue, <laughs> sorry. 1-0. And they go on to seal the title. They get the wins against West Brom and Sunderland that they need. Liverpool uh, recreate their, their capitulation of real life with a 3-0 loss to uh, Palace and a 6-1 loss to Stoke. Uh, but this wasn't Gerard Swank's song yet because... He didn't want to go to the States. He'd come, he'd won the league with Liverpool. He'd come second, you know, to an excellent Chelsea team. He uh, he stayed on player, sort of player, player coach role in the future. Um, funnily enough, the Liverpool journey in the Champions League is exactly as uh, as you described it as well. They got to the quarterfinals with that uh, instead of uh, getting dumped out of the group of uh, not the easiest group in the world, but they made it to the quarterfinals, got knocked out by Bayern Munich, who didn't have Roberto Firmino because he was at Barcelona. But 2015-16 now, which was, uh, in real life, it was uh, historic because it was a freak year. Leicester did the 5,001 and uh, won the league. In this tall tale, 2015-16, two years after Gerard keeping his feet and Liverpool win the league, it's lauded as the greatest Premier League season of all time. And I'm going to tell you why. Please do. It's a five-way fight for the title throughout most of the season. It twists and turns... All manner of teams are at the top of the table. It's extremely exciting. Leicester City come 10th. They're not in it. <laughs> it's Arsenal, okay. Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool and City are all in the hunt. Okay. Spurs, obviously, have got Pochettino in. He's starting to make his mark. He had, you know, a, a good team. Front three of Eriksen, Ali and Kane. Uh, it's actually a cracking year for Arsenal. They had Sanchez, Ozil and Giroud under Wenger. And he definitely made them three work. Um, Chelsea are very much in it. There's no explosion at Chelsea under Mourinho for his third season. Uh, chiefly because Chelsea's main man was really Mo Salah above Hazard. Uh, so when Hazard suffered a dip in, okay. dip in form after their title win, it, it didn't really affect him as much. Mourinho actually managed to get 
you know, they did all right in the third season. Front three of Costa, Salah, and Hazard still. City are now under Simeone, if you remember, and, and, and they'd become a decent outfit. Uh, you know, Simeone's a man who you know will get the best out of Sergio Aguero. Uh, all sorts of links there. Uh, they didn't sign Sterling because, uh, who I'll get onto in a minute, but they did have an attacking force of a front three, a tasty front three. Silva, Aguero, and brand new signing, Antoine Griezmann. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I see it. And of course, the fifth and final piece of this trans, uh, title race puzzle is Liverpool, who had retained Sterling. He didn't. He thought he could win trophies at Liverpool, and uh, Simeone didn't really fancy him. Uh, so they had a front three of uh, Sterling, Suarez, and Coutinho. So that's all very, it's all very tasty. But how did it shake out? Well, by the thirtieth of April, which was uh, the match week thirty-five, there are five teams still in the running for the league. Liverpool were top of the league; they had seventy points. Arsenal's, uh, Arsenal and City in third on 68. Chelsea and Spurs in fourth on 67. Uh, yeah. No, Chelsea in uh, fourth on 67. Spurs in fifth on 65. Sorry, giving okay. Spurs far too much credit. Um, so many people do. So many people do. Um, Spurs. No, Arsenal are the first team to play. And they beat Norwich 1-0. Go top of the league for the evening. Liverpool then go away to Swansea, Rogers' old club. They get beat 3-1. Oh, it's a Francisco no. Guidolin masterclass. And there were so um, many of them. And there were so many of them. And if you're wondering why I'm wearing this Monaco shirt, uh, Francisco <laughs> Guidolin obviously used to manage them. Amazing. Um, I forgot to say why I'm wearing mine. I'm going to come around to that at the end. Yeah, you, you better do, mate. Um <laughs> City go away to Southampton. For somehow, City lose 4-2. Brilliant. But the Monday night football is Chelsea versus Spurs. In real life, you may remember, this is the game where it draws 2-2. Hazard pings one top corner, okay. and they hand the title to Leicester. In this tall tale, Chelsea running out 3-2 winners. It's Mo Salah with the goal later on. So this is what happens. Chelsea move up to second. Spurs, you'll be personally glad to hear, get put out of contention. Good. It's good to the, With two, two games left, Arsenal are top of the league, 71 points. Chelsea are second, with better goal difference than Liverpool, both on 70. City are on 68 points. Okay. Next game week. Chelsea play away at Sunderland. And Chelsea win 5-3. Chelsea go top of the league. Liverpool play at home to Watford. Liverpool win. They go level, top of the league. City and Arsenal are the late game on Sunday. So everyone's playing each other here, and it's a Simeone masterclass as City play... And these are all fixtures uh, as happened in the 2015-16 season. Fated. 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 Because <laughs> um, the fixture list doesn't change, does it? No. So it's a Simeone masterclass. City 1-0 win. So as things stand, Chelsea are ahead of Liverpool at the top of the league on goal difference with 73 points. City and Arsenal are third with 71. What I haven't told you is that there was a game in hand. I really? Which was Liverpool versus Chelsea. Brilliant. So... Liverpool and Chelsea are locked at the top of the league on equal points. A win through either side here, and this is the second to last game of the season that they're about to play. So after this, there's only one more game. This is the one that Hazard scored a scream, isn't it? I think. Indeed it is, yeah. yeah. I think so too. But a win for either side here, and, and they've got one hand on the league title. It's a huge game. For a third season in a row, it seems like the title might well be decided by a Liverpool-Chelsea game. And we've been here before. It's nil-nil. <laughs> It's nil-nil going into half-time. Captain for Chelsea is Gary Cahill, who picks up the ball. He's being pressed by Luis Suarez, and Cahill opens up his body to the right, but he slips, and he loses the ball to Suarez, who runs through on goal and slots it home. It is slippy G, but the G stands for <laughs> Gary. And the game ends 2-0 to Liverpool after a, a late breakaway goal by Sterling resulting from a poor Chelsea corner. It was all fated. <laughs> there was always going to be a slip. Slippy G was Gary Cahill. So this puts Liverpool three points ahead with one game to go going into the final game. Only Liverpool and Chelsea can win this title now and Chelsea need Liverpool to lose in order for that to happen. It's even more stacked against them than the City game was. You know, Chelsea literally yeah. need Liverpool to lose this game. And then Chelsea need to win their game for Chelsea Mourinho to get his hands on the title. 
Funnily enough, uh, Chelsea actually played Leicester on the final day of that season. Um, And uh, Liverpool play West Brom, managed, of course, at the time. Uh, Any ideas? What is this, 2015-16? That would have been Pulis here, wouldn't it? It certainly would. So, (laughs) half-time comes in both games. Chelsea winning. Uh, they score early against Leicester. Mo Salah again. They briefly put themselves within a point of Liverpool, but it's, you know, half-time. Liverpool are still being held. Second half, Chelsea score again. It's Fabregas penalty. 2-0. That's done. Second half, the Hawthorns. It's still 0-0. Pulis is making things difficult for Rodgers. There's a real clash of styles there. <laughs> and uh, and it's 0-0. You might remember, Tim, that two seasons prior... Liverpool were handed the title by none other than Andy Carroll with his goal against Manchester City. You might remember that. I do. I've got. I'm going to tell you. I know where this is going. I'm going to tell you that something very similar was about to happen. Ricky Lambert comes on from there West Brom yeah. <laughs> in the 79th minute, and he bangs a header from a corner in the 85th. He doesn't celebrate, having just been uh, let go from Liverpool fan. Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool fan. find himself. It's a it must be a bitter header to score, but the blue <laughs> side of West London are all celebrating because it's West Brom one, Liverpool nil, and of course that's how it ends. News filters through at Stamford Bridge. Mourinho has retained the Premier League title for a second time. Liverpool bottled it in Birmingham, and uh, for the second time in three years, it's an old ghost that's come back to uh, Liverpool to have a say in their history. Um, Liverpool basically bought the title two years in a row. You know, what was supposed to be the start of an era of dominance not quite worked out like that at all. An era of bottling. An era of bottling. Um, and it's all, after that, it all gets a bit mad, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to go quite so in-depth as to what happens season on season, but this is how the next couple of years go down. We'll start with a team that we haven't actually mentioned at all so far in my tall tale, in Manchester United. Uh, oh, they're absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Uh, they were nowhere. Um, obviously, Van Gaal lost his job, uh, but Mourinho is still at Chelsea. They appointed a different man to try and build something. Uh, a it's man, isn't who, it? It's Gwydalin. It's not Gwydalin. <laughs> <laughs> as, as that would actually probably be funnier, but it is in my tall tale as well. Jurgen Norbert Klopp it was always goes to Man United. It's always going to happen. Barcelona have been struggling since their Champions League win. Uh, losing out on the title twice to Real Madrid since then. Um, so they appoint a new manager. It was a good manager. Brendan Rodgers fancied himself oh, on the continent. So Brendan Rodgers goes to Barcelona to manage Firmino. He's frauded his way into that job. Jesus. Liverpool Christ. are looking for a new coach. Uh, and this is Liverpool. So they're going to go for the best in class available, uh, which would, of course, be at this point uh, Mr. Pep Guardiola. So Guardiola goes to Liverpool. Klopp's at City. The Premier League at this point has completely Wait, established Klopp's at itself. United, no? That's what I said, yeah. Klopp's yes. at United. No, I didn't say that. Klopp's at United. <laughs> Who's at City? Simeone's at City. Um, yeah. Premier League's established itself as like the number one league in the world now. There are like six teams each year that could win it. They've got all the best coaches. It's a great time to be alive. Uh, <laughs> naturally, all of Europe's top stars want to move to the Premier League. Uh, under Klopp, United, they record a couple of good finishes. Uh, Klopp's able to actually get something out of a lot of previous Man United flops, like Pogba and Mkhitaryan and, and Luke Shaw and people like that. I can say that. And a man such as Jurgen Klopp, he knows how to convince the big players to come. So in 2018, a couple of years later, I don't know who wins some of these titles. I'll let the viewers decide. You know, is it a Liverpool under Pep Guardiola or a Man United under Klopp? It doesn't matter. I'd like to see some other theories. If anyone bothers to watch this or listen to this, I'd love to see some <laughs> other theories. Well, we're gonna get we'll get onto we'll get onto uh, some audience participation at the end, I think. But <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope that that happens. But in 2018, uh, the Man United wet dream really does happen. Ronaldo rejoins Man United. Of it's it a Rashford, Martial, Ronaldo front three, which Actually, doesn't seem to be on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Ronaldo back. Um, Around the same time, and without best pal Luis Suarez at Barcelona to keep him sane, Suarez stayed at Liverpool for a good number of years before going back to Ajax. Lionel Messi is getting itchy feet 
at Barcelona. <laughs> he sees Suarez at Liverpool. He sees Guardiola, his big pal there, and he says, you know what? I'm going to force through this move. Whether or not it happens, it doesn't really matter. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. I don't think Barcelona ever let him out. Maybe he does get there. It'd be good if he did. That'd be completely rewritten Barcelona, uh, Messi versus Ronaldo from El Clasico to Liverpool United. But the Premier League's an amazing place. I won't specify, you know, as I've said, I'm not going to specify who won the titles. It was fun to watch. It does leave La Liga slightly in the mud because Simeone's <laughs> gone. Simeone's left. Atletico have completely stopped being competitive. Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid didn't pan out for them. Uh, Messi, Messi uh, being sad at Barcelona, as we've seen in real life, doesn't work. That worked, nah. So because I felt bad about taking away Leicester's 5,001 shot of winning the Premier League, I decided that, as was fated, someone has got to win a major European league from out of nowhere. So in 2017-18, you certainly can, Timbo. Was it Huesca? Pardon? Was it Huesca? It wasn't Huesca. No. Real shame. It was uh, in 2017-18, because of the mess that Spain were in, it's a team that had uh, just survived relegation the year before. CD Leganes win La Liga boys. in 2017-18, all because Steven Gerrard kept his feet in April of 2013. And that is how that whole tale ends out. Brilliant. It's great to talk and- about. Thank you very much. And uh, as was yours, what, what's your? Uh, how do you uh, unpack that? I mean, there's a lot to unpack. It's it's really interesting seeing the same lines that we went down, yeah. even though it was only like a little bit. Both of us having Klopp ended up at United. It's too good to resist. I really, I really, really like the fact that Francesco Guidolin's got a mention <laughs> more than you episode can ever one. Understand. <laughs> episode one. If you were playing Football Fate and How to Change It, bingo. That's me ticked off one straight away with Gwydalyn. That's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to unpack. But I really I really like the idea of Liverpool bottling uh, two leagues. Uh, we mm. both know Liverpool fans, so that would have been really fun to see. Um, <laughs> really would have enjoyed that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack. And, and Leganes, Leganes, that's just oh, cool. Boys. You just want a team to do that. And if it's yeah. not going to be Leicester, I'm happier that it was someone. I really hope that Brendan Rodgers flamed out at Barcelona as well. Similar, <laughs> oh, like, akin I, to his I would Valencia stint in yeah. mine. Like, I would certainly think so. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind about that. But uh, yeah, cracking first episode. I think you did an excellent I think job. We've, I, like, uh, think... I think we've done very well there. I think we've done very well. I'm going to wrap up the mystery of my shirt because we've mm. unofficially oh, decided that our shirts are going to be in a very small way related to the video. I mm. want you know people to probably start guessing going forward. Yeah, uh, and we might reveal at the end this one West Ham's home shirt from uh, 2009-10 um, that year we played home to Liverpool as Steven Gerrard captained Liverpool and I think we went 1-0 up I think it was a goal to put us 1-0 up and it was a penalty from the man that I've got on the back of this shirt Alessandro Diamante and oh. uh, in taking it he slipped over and did uh, it? <laughs> it was really controversial because all the Liverpool players are going to the ref like he touched it twice and he did he stuck mm. it off one foot and it scooped up over his other foot yeah, and uh, went in like the middle of the goal yeah, but it was yeah it was an awful penalty he slipped over but that's why I did it it was against Liverpool and he slipped over and I <laughs> love funny. Alessandro Diamante we've got Gwidlin and Diamante in one episode so to be honest <laughs> mate, we could wrap this podcast up right now never do another episode and I'd be content well I'm uh, hoping that we've got plenty more left in us I'm hoping that if you listen okay. to this you enjoyed it obviously there's a couple of things that we just want to mention um, before we end out I don't think we've even got an outro. Oh, we have got an outro. We have anyway, an outro. I think we sorted an outro. Um, it's a work in progress, everyone. It's a work in progress, as everything <laughs> is. If you've got anything to say, you know, if you've got any any theories of your own, uh, any sort of gripes with what we've come up with, or any suggestions for for moments such as Gerard slipping or not slipping, just put them down in the comments. Uh, I'm sure at this stage we'll be able to read them all. We'd love to hear anything that you've got to say. Obviously, if you're listening to this on Spotify... Uh, we do have a Twitter account, which is uh, at Football Fate Pod. Uh, so feel free to go over there, drop us a follow, uh, tweet us or DM us anything that you've got to say. Um, and if you watch on YouTube, comment and like and subscribe and everything like that. Ma- All ma- that good you know, stuff. M- mainly, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope that we get to do another one. If anyone sees this, then uh, or hears this, then uh, and you like it, then then at least we've done that. But yeah, yeah uh, there should rage. be there should be one at some point in the future. Uh, We've not quite worked out what the schedule is, but uh, 
Listen, there'll be another one coming soon. There'll be another one coming soon. We'll say that. It's the first episode. You can cut us some slack. We'll get there. We'll, you know, we're learning on the job. Have you got anything else to say, Timbo? I have nothing else to say, I don't think. Please like, please subscribe. Uh, all them things. And Fantastic. That's about it, mate. Thank you ever so much for your time this evening. And uh, I guess until the next one, this has been Football Fate and How to Change It. Stay lucky. Stay lucky. Bye-bye.